His name is Fisto. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spit Take. I'm Adam Krause, and joining me as always is Rick Rogers. Hey, that's me. And Sam Chidley. Hello. All right. Well, we uh, took a little break there for Thanksgiving. Uh, we uh, had a lot going on. I was down in Nashville. Rick, what'd you end up doing? Um, I ate a lot of food. I played, well, I got, uh, what I get? Cyberpunk. Oh, there's the echo. I hear it. Yeah, I try to move my microphone down here. I pay, I uh, bought Cyberpunk 2077. Apparently, that first came out a couple of years ago, and it had a bad release. But then I got some reviews that after a current DLC that it was really there was a lot of good updates and everything. And uh, I've been playing it, and it's a stellar game. Uh, it's kind of a mix between like uh, a Grand Theft Auto, uh, kind of a Batman detective Batman kind of thing going on. Um, and then I, um, playing the Hogwarts legacy, which I got from, uh, steam and that's pretty much all I've done between that and watch football. Sounds good. Sam, what'd you end up doing? I went to father-in-law's for breakfast and ate enough to get me sick there. Then left and went to my parents and ate enough to get me sick there. And then... Promptly spent some time, uh, we'll say convalescing, um, <laughs> and then fell asleep. So I didn't do a whole lot. Um, week before I was out in the woods and just spent a lot of time decompressing there. It's been, it's been a good time since our last podcast. How about you? Um, yeah, I went down to Nashville. I was there for five days. Um, yeah, I went to go visit Kim my little sister down there and she uh, hosted everybody. I think it was a nice change of pace for her because she's always coming up here to, uh, to for all the holidays and everything. So I think it was nice that we were able to bring the entire family down to her. Um, you know, I went out downtown, uh, headed up in Midtown Broadway. We had a really good time. Mostly it was just uh, me and my siblings that went out. Um, my wife and my brother's wife stayed behind. Uh, Kim's husband, Andrew, ended up coming out with us. Um, but yeah, we had a, we had a blast and it was been a long time since me and my siblings have gone out and party like that. So it was pretty awesome. And then I did watch some of the football too. Footballs. You I just uh, watched was Dolly especially... Parton. I did watch I, that game. I, yeah. I did. I started I started paying attention a lot more when Dolly Parton came on. Ooh. Seventy seven, I think she is, yep. and still looking amazing. Look better like than just, Jack Harlow. <laughs> just incredible. Yeah, I mean she'll admit herself she, she's had a lot of help with that. So <laughs> Oh yeah. Nobody's denying that, but, you know, I want to know who her doctor is. That's all. <laughs> I, I'd yeah, love to see you looking like Dolly. Yeah. Uh, I think I would look very good as a, as an old blonde <laughs> woman. Yeah, an old blonde woman. Massive. Bet I could pull it mm-hmm. off. So, cool. Well, uh, let's jump into, the, we've had, a lot has happened uh, just over the, uh, you know, just in media in general recently, and. Um, first thing I want to talk about is the, uh, the karate kid. Uh, there is a new spinoff from Cobra Kai for the karate kid starring Ralph Macho and Jackie Chan. And I am super excited about that. Uh, Ralph Macho obviously being so awesome for the karate kid, Jackie Chan being one of my all time favorite martial arts heroes. Um, so really, really excited about that pairing. You know, you've got a martial arts master and, you know, 
joining him is Jackie Chan. Yeah, I mean, what they've done with Cobra Kai is absolutely amazing. How like anybody can enjoy it, and like you can't complain about it. There's no complaints about it from anybody, and I'm just, it's just, yeah, it's just really exciting to see Jackie Chan come back and see Ralph Ralph Macchio just like continue because like he's been gone for so long, and now he's just. He's there, and it's just exciting to have him in our lives. I know, right? I think he was on an episode of Psych at one point. Probably, he, yeah. He was on a couple it, episodes. It was the episode Psych. where they sent, yeah, well, they sent him to the, uh, the they sent uh, Sean and Gus to the uh, training academy, and he was the instructor there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. But always fun to, yeah. And then that episode of How I Met Your Mother, where they did Barney's bachelor party, mm-hmm. where he was tagging along, and Barney hates him so much. <laughs> Because he doesn't think he's the real karate kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, William Zabka. Learn that too, yeah. And then he shows up at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, I don't think we have to say that if the show is older than 10 years. Yeah. But I think we're good there. But you don't that, think anybody's going back to watch How I Met Your Mother? No. No, no, I don't. I think he's that uh, that one died out. We did, uh, uh, me, and my, uh, me and my wife uh, actually watched that last year, I think. I want to say we watched it all the way through last year. And really, it just dies in season eight. Yeah. Like, everything's good up through season seven, season I'm eight. I'm the only one that enjoyed the ending. I'm sorry. I did. I loved it. I thought I thought it ended the way it should have. And screw everybody, you're all wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I disagree. I think you're it was a terrible ending. You're wrong. I'm 100% right, though. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Like, it was nothing to blow me away. Danielle was... Uh, we, we went back and watched it together... Probably a year and a half, two years ago. And she's gone back and rewatched it since. So she likes it. I think the show's okay. Yeah, I mean, there are good moments. I mean, the in only it, reason but... you go back and watch it is for Marshall and Barney. That's it. Yeah. They're the best. But I, the reason I didn't like the, uh, the ending though, is just like you get into, you've, you've had seven seasons leading up to it just to find out again, spoilers that, uh, that, you know, oh, his wife ended up getting cancer, died, and the whole thing was him just telling a story so he can get together with Robin, who he was trying to get with in the first episode, and it's just, it, it was a frustrating ending. I was so happy was. for him. Good for him. I mean, good for him for finding love for a little while there, but I don't know. It was, it was a little bit of a slap in the face. I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but I mean, the show up to that point was amazing. It was hilarious. And how I met your father, uh, reboot or rerun whatever it was that they're that they call it but it was it was pretty bad i watched probably six episodes before i was like i can't do this anymore who's a lot of episodes is it sarah yeah, chalk it was in there who was it no that was like um, hillary duff's in it oh that's hillary right duff, yeah yes hillary duff and kim cattrall i think i think i've seen the preview and i was like nope not for me so the problem with the show, and this was more prevalent in the first few episodes, they might have corrected it later, but um, the the script writing seemed like some guy who was probably like 40, 50 years old who Googled, what do how do young people talk? And then copy and pasted that as the script. And it was just so bad. Like, you know, the whole thing is her dating on Tinder and her being upset that all the guys she's like matching with on Tinder want to sleep with her, even though we all know that's the real end goal of Tinder. Yeah. Like, it's, for some reason, it was completely lost on her. She thought she was going to find love on there. Again, just another example of the writers not having any clue how any of that actually works and just writing something. But 
it is what it is. The show got canceled. We move uh, on. Well, yeah, but somehow, because I, because you know how like they can't come up with anything original. Somehow, Night Court got a second season, and it's it it's such a bullshit show. It's just like all safe. Like it's like you think something funny's gonna happen, but then it's like the the punchline just goes flat. It's like not even funny. And I'm just so annoyed that it's getting another season. I'm like, it's so terrible. Sorry, I know so, that's off topic. You know, I'm just so annoyed because no, no, no. I was watching. I was watching football. <laughs> They're doing this preview. I'm like, why does this piece of trash show get another season? Who is watching this crap? <laughs> so, so let me tell you my interaction with Night Court. How much I know about Night Court. Um, here, here's how much I really know is from uh, Thirty Rock, the episode where uh, where Jenna was like, oh, yeah. She's like, you remember that time I was on Night Court because they were trying to do some kind of reunion? And she's like, remember that time I was on there? They're like, yeah. They're like, you were that werewolf lawyer that pretty much bombed the show. <laughs> and it cuts to a, to an image of her howling at the moon in the middle of court. I remember that. And I was like, if that's really how the show is, I kind of want to watch it. You know, the it. old show, but I the know original was amazing, but it's not the same without Bull, first of all. You got to have Bull. Wasn't there, wasn't there something with aliens on that show? At some point, like the finale, I, I, I there it was, was from like the early '90s. I don't even remember. I just watched it with my grandpa. I don't have to look that I up. I remember that hearing Cheers, something about. That. I watched that Cheers and Mash with my grandpa. So, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I don't, I don't know how we got to Night Court from Karate Kid, but uh, oh, uh, there's some kind of training. because I was just worried about how then, they yeah. like uh, can't come up with anything original, and yeah. and the stuff they they come up with is trash. So, okay, so we'll move on to the next topic then. I, we figured it out, but uh, we win this game. Uh, but we do have to make a correction from last week. This was pointed out to me uh, by my dad, one of our two subscribers. By the way, thank you to your to our two subscribers right now, hopefully more in the future. Uh, but my dad pointed this out to me when we were talking about the Supernatural episode, and I called it the French, uh, um, the French Connection. French mistake. I was wrong. It's, it's the French mistake. Now... Here's the part that pissed me off for like two days is he was like, oh yeah, he's like, it's the French mistake, like from Blazing Saddles. And I had to think about it. I didn't, it took me this long to figure out that connection, mm -hmm. that scene in Blazing Saddles where they come crashing through the, uh, where they're seeing the French mistake on the stage, which was like something that had never been done before, <laughs> um, until this movie, which fantastic movie, but I had never made that connection. I was mad for like two days that like one of my favorite shows and one of my favorite movies had a connection and I didn't make it. So I'm a little pissed at myself still. I'm still a little angry, but uh, anyways, it got me and my dad talking about the French connection. So now we're, we're making plans to actually sit down and watch that. Cause from what I heard, it was a fantastic movie from like the 1970s with uh, Gene Hackman. And apparently it's very good. So, but it's one of those ones I've never seen. I'm going to be honest. Supernatural is one of my favorite shows. And, I probably can't remember anything from it. So if you point anything out, I'm like, I don't know. Awesome. Well, uh, let's see. So me and Rick, we both know we both watched uh, Blue Beetle a couple weeks ago. Week and a half, something like that ago. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was one of the best comic book movies I've seen in probably a few years. What'd you think, Rick? Um, I thought it was better than The Flash. I mean, so here's my thing about it. And, and it had... Uh, I thought it was more intricate than what I thought at first. Um, I, thought, oh, I thought, well, the family's obviously there for comic relief, but I thought it was more of a story device uh, 
when I put some thought into it. So the family was just like, I'm abhorrent. Like it was just repulsive. Right. Um, mm -hmm. not giving any spoilers away, but there's this part where the sister's like, Hey, you got to watch out for me. I need to take a shit. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's just this annoying. She thinks she's funny. Like we're all supposed to laugh at her. But then I put some thought into it. It's like, we're supposed to be repulsed by her. And he's just like this normal kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, Everybody else is repulsed yeah. by his family, but he just wants to take care of his family. And he, like anybody else would just like be scared away by these people, yeah. but he sticks by them to take care of them and save them. And you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought like, I thought they actually, when you, when I actually put some thought into it, they actually did that very well. I thought the sister was kind of annoying too. I fucking loved George Lopez. He was so funny in that movie. And, and the like, gram and the I, Nana or whatever. Yeah, him and him and his him and the Nana, yeah. They were the best. But uh uh and I, I am you know, I am gonna spoil one part, it's just where like the you know, this really isn't that much of a spoiler, but you know, the scarab comes alive to uh um, you know, to attach itself to Jaime and you know, and he's like fighting with it as it's crawling around his body and then he's like and then they're like, Oh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? He's like, It's inside me and George Lopez is just starts screaming, It's up his ass, it's up his ass. I was laughing so hard at that. And I think that's the first time I had really laughed at like the comedy in a comic book movie in some time. Cause one of the Marvel stuff's been pretty forced. Um, the other high point I'll give blue beetle was the action scenes were fantastic. Um, cause yeah, one of the things that I never really noticed somebody pointed out in another podcast I listened to, somebody pointed out like a lot of the Marvel action scenes are all like quick cut. You can't really tell what's going on. It's like tough to like follow what's happening this was like almost single shot type stuff. Like it was great. Like they had the fight going on. You could very clearly see the fight, the choreography, you know, uh, him using his abilities, like everything was really good. I thought the, um, the CGI was good. Um, and like, I really didn't have too many complaints. The one, the one complaint I do have, and it's actually just a cliche that I fucking hate with these movies is, you know, a young kid gets, gets superpowers. And the first thing he wants to do is get rid of them. Oh, I didn't ask for this. This isn't part of my life. Like, dude, no. Whoever's writing that doesn't remember what it's like to be like a teenage boy who like basically all you do is dream about having superpowers and being awesome. But movie movies and TV shows keep doing that and they're this whole like, oh, I don't want these powers. Like, fuck that. Like, yeah, I want those powers. But I, I, the thing about this, though, I think is it's probably going to be a one-off. Uh, yeah. Because they're rebooting all of DC so we're probably yeah. never going to hear about this again. Um, I think a lot of people had a problem with uh, George Lopez calling Batman a fascist, yeah. um, which I really don't care. I don't even know what that was supposed to mean. I don't understand it. You know, in the trailer, it was way out of context. Like, after you get to know his character and everything, he's kind well, of he's like, like paranoid of paranoid yeah. and stuff. It, it made more sense like, once like, you had kind of seen the He's got some kind of connection. He's like in the deep state or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, you find that out a little bit later on, or not later on, you find that out about him right away, but it the line makes more sense at when you're actually watching the movie. Um, but the movie itself uh, did not do great at the box office. Like, it made its money back, but not by much. Um, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it has over 90% in both critics and audience. So, uh, we're not alone in the fact that we like the movie. It's just I think people are just kind of burnt out. Nobody knew knows who Blue Beetle is, and well, I don't know if DC. it was very advertised because I think they are tearing down the old 
DC. Yeah. So I think they're just like, we're just putting out what we got made right now. Um, <laughs> they didn't advertise, but it wasn't like pushed out very hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I could see Blue Beetle coming back. And I guess there's just a lot of questions on how they're rebooting the universe. You know, like it's a, uh, it's tough. Like if they're just going to say, you know, if they're just going to draw a hard line and cut it and say, well, they've like, already done cool, it. Now, new Superman. They've canceled all the shows. Yeah. They canceled Superman and Lois recently. Yeah. But are they going to transition it into a new universe? I thought they were going to do that with The Flash, honestly, but they didn't. Mm. Um, but like, were they going to transition into a new universe or were they just going to uh, just end it completely? Just like, you know, fade to black soprano style and start the new start the new uh series of heroes that was my that was my impression that they were just yeah. releasing everything that they had already made james gunn's taken over and he's just doing every doing everything all in it that was so, I, that's yeah. my understanding i couldn't be wrong yeah. i'm because because that's my understanding just because they were canceling everything and so and they canceled all, like everything that they started to they started canceling too and they had that Batwoman going on. And they canceled that, and or the, was it Super Supergirl? Maybe a Super Supergirl. They had yeah. That going. They canceled that. They had a couple things going. They just canceled it all. And then they hired, or when they hired James Gunn, and then pushed yeah. out what they already had done. Yeah. Well, and it'll be interesting to see what they do because Peacemaker is canon in the new universe. Season well, two is coming out. Baby too. So and so was the right. uh, uh, second Suicide Squad. And so, like, and these were continuations off of the old universe. Right. So, like, there's got to be something that ties it all together. Because, mm -hmm. like, the Amanda Waller, like, what happened at the end of Peacemaker is going to affect what happens in the Amanda Waller show. What happens in that show affects Peacemaker. So they're keeping all of that. And like, so it's tough to tough to say. And everything I think is just up in the air with DC right now. Yeah, I don't even think they know what they're doing with it anymore. They're keeping what they like and getting rid of what they don't. They're not going to say anything about. Yeah. It's not going to make sense in the universe. They're just going to do whatever they want yeah. with it and wonder why they're not making the money that they should be making. Well, it sounds like James Gunn has a plan and, you know, somebody who puts the story first, I think he's really going to, uh, to make a difference in that. I, but like, it's also like, I wonder if it's too late too. So Pro we'll see. Probably, but I, I think if they put out, I don't think it is if they put out quality stuff and if they put out stuff that doesn't insult their audience, which yeah. is what yeah. they've been putting out. That's the problem is they put out stuff that insults their audience. And then when a certain faction of the audience says something, then they, then they blame the audience for why it does so yeah. poorly, which is becoming more and more of a theme lately, you know? There, people are making movies that, uh, you know, they're using diversity to kind of like hide behind their shitty stories. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, you know, there people blame us for, uh, or I say us, but I mean, it is true. We are the middle-aged white men that they're probably talking about, but, um, but like, you know, She-Hulk was not, not a great show. I don't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was a great, it was not a great show. But uh, they made a point of it in the show to talk about how basically anybody who doesn't like it uh, hates women. Well, it's it's not even like the diversity because everything has some kind of political influence in it. But it's good when it's like a part of the story. Like X-Men, yeah. that's a part of the story. Yep. But what they do now is they hit you over the head with it and not make it a part of the story. It's like, 
let's just stop and preach at you and then and then, then right. we'll continue on with the story you see what i'm saying and then like yeah but make the story but like the story's not interesting like okay star wars for example all right the 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 uh, sequel trilogy okay mm-hmm. first one i thought it was going in a good direction um but my um, problem was they acted like ray had to be this infallible character um and there was no other female superhero in history to ever to ever uh be a hero but let's look at female heroes from the past can you name any great heroes from the past in movies like Ridley, female heroes. Yeah, female heroes like Ridley from Alien. Um, Ellen, Ellen Ripley. You're, you're uh, yeah, like, yeah, Sarah Connor. Ellen Ripley, obviously, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. You know, so they made. There's plenty there's, of them out there. There are so many, and We're, they're they're beloved by just so many people, and Laura they, they, they these people just can't get through their stupid ass fucking heads that look if it's well written if it's done well we don't give a shit man woman doesn't matter if it's done well we'll like it if all you're doing is denigrating half of your uh, viewing population and saying the other half is this next to god holy and the one half that is it's more than one half let's be honest that is coming there to actually watch a good movie is stupid if they don't like who you have as your lead. You're gonna continue losing money and I, I don't I don't know what to tell them. They're they they have no yeah. idea how to make a cogent film with a good, strong female lead. Hundred percent. And look, uh look, I read Oh go ahead, I'm sorry. I read an I was gonna say I, I read an interesting article in um uh, crack.com it was a while ago really long time ago but um they were writing about like why movies with uh, female leads um tend to fail and why some of them are very successful um uh, and a really interesting article and i'm gonna try to see if i can find it and put it in our comments and everything so i don't want to like dive too deep into it but a lot the kind of the summary of it was uh a lot of the uh, strong female women came from tragedy mm-hmm. came from more so than uh, than male heroes did. Um, you know, it was things like, you know, being abused, raped, losing someone, whatever the case was, they had to go through tragedy in order to become stronger. And that we see that with men too, but the most successful female movies, uh, or sorry, most successful um, female hero-led movies uh, came from that. I mean, you look at things like Kill Bill, uh, and I love Kill Bill. Um, I thought it was a great series, but... Uh, you know, she went through hell to become that hero. Um, you know, even when you look at Ripley, when in the first movie, um, she wasn't the action hero that she became in Aliens. You know, it took her losing her entire crew and going through this traumatic event to become the badass hero that we knew her. Because in the first one, she was scared. She did the best she could. She was a survivor. The second one, she was an ass kicker. Now, but the biggest thing that I wanted to point out about Ray, though. Is at any point did you feel like she was in any any danger? No, no, any real danger with with these other with any other lead? Do you feel like Mm -hmm. they're in any danger? Does that do you find that interesting? Do you find that you're on the edge of your seat when you feel like your hero's in danger? Yeah, 
you know, so when you see Brie Larson as uh, Captain Marvel and nothing phases her and you don't feel like she's going to get hurt, do you find that interesting? Like, <laughs> that this that this human being can't be hurt? Um, what's that movie um, that came out a couple of years ago? I'm trying to think. She's like a, a cyborg. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Alita. Okay. Oh, yeah. Alita. Uh, now that great female lead right there with a kind of a fish out of water story because it, it's just because it was just an interesting character. I don't even, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but there was times you thought she was in danger, but she was trying, she was, it was interesting because she was like discovering this world, discovering herself. You know what I mean? It, it was that fish out of water story that you, you always find interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, Anyways, I don't even know how we got on the subject. I don't remember either. This is like one of those things that we just keep trailing <laughs> off into. <laughs> but um, it's me getting angry. I'm sure that's what led to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. But uh, e- either way, good conversation. Um, you know, some people will disagree with us, and we're not saying that there aren't people out there who hate movies just because it's female led. No, there definitely are people like that. Um, just saying that's probably not a majority of your audience that didn't like the movie but it's just about the movie being interesting yeah we want good movies that's all we're asking for we don't we don't care who's in the movie we don't care what race they are or who they bang i don't care who they and i don't need the whole story or the whole, whole personality to be who they want to get intimate with like their whole personality doesn't need to be like Remember the uh, when they did uh, the Hulu uh, the Runaways? Did you guys watch that yeah. at all? Um, I watched the first season. Uh, okay, so two of them, uh, uh, the witch and the uh, I forget their names, and the one that when she takes off her bracelet she becomes sparkly and stuff. But they're lesbians. But the, their whole character, once they like fall in love, their whole character just ends up then making out and becoming lovey dovey. Like that's all they do. You know like, what? Yeah. You know what show did it really well, in my opinion, is Jin V. Jin V uh-huh. did yeah. that really well with their character. Absolutely, they did. That was fantastic. Like, because it was never a focal point. It was never part of the story. They were just like, cool, like whatever. These people are gay. These people are over here sucking each other off. Like, you know, nobody cared. Yeah, right. I like, mean, it's it wasn't part of the story. It's students, it was just so their fucked up world. Kind I of expected, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, I like a good love story though, but I don't need that to be the whole story. Like uh, uh Sam, you seen the cyberpunk show? Yeah, right. That was a great love that, story. That was done really that well. Whole, that whole yeah. Adam, that, if you want to yeah. see a good love story, that cyberpunk uh, Edge Runners, fantastic love story okay. about freaking people that are basically upgrade themselves with technology in the future and. And uh, do and, and sell drugs and stuff. It's great. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it it's done really well. It's people getting together because they complete a part of the other person. Basically, it's all mm-hmm. you complete me. That <laughs> sort of thing is what yeah. it felt like. Yeah, for sure. But but it was done really well because there's you, you can tell they care for each other mm-hmm. and they want the best for each other, and that's why they're doing these stupid dumb things. To keep, you know, the, the yeah, one guy doing, do yeah. you know, continuing to do more and more augmentations, knowing he's not going to live long if he continues this. Yeah, there's like, there's yeah, a main love- story to it, but the ending 
is all about love mm-hmm. and his love for Jules, right? Or yep. uh, is that's her name, right? Jules uh, is James and Jules or June. Can't Jules? remember. They both start with the J. But like, sure. But like, he does everything. He literally does everything for her. Like, but like, he, he remembers she wants to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Like that was a very important part of it. Like the uh, when he when uh. Uh, they find out he doesn't uh, have the package to um, to fix him up in the ambulance or something like that. No, he he has no. When the ambulance finds out he has illegal hardware, so she she pushes him out of the ambulance. There, he's looking in her eyes and he's just focused on her and not the chaos around them and all that. Remember that part? Um, but you could tell like he's like in love with her, just staring at her and not. It's just like it's just amazing how that show captured it. So, like, I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about, but I'm interested. And they even, I'm like, this seems so wildly crazy. I want to watch. They it. did yeah. a love triangle well too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throwing in yeah. Rebecca. Rebecca was a Rebecca fantastic sister. character. Yeah, I fucking loved her. Her character was done so well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's one of the last times I've seen a love triangle in a movie or a you know TV show actually done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see love that's triangles in movies all the time. That's why I'm saying, like, I love love stories. I just don't want that to be your whole character. Like, no. I don't. I could do a love story where people are gay, but like, don't be that. Like, be your whole personality. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's where uh, that's where Supergirl. Uh, that's where I stopped watching. Supergirl, Supergirl did that horribly. It, oh yeah, her sister. I forget what her name is. Her sister, though. Uh, so she became lesbian and like basically the entire season like revolved around that story and then occasionally Supergirl punching someone. I was like, cool, I'm done. I'm over it. Like, and it was just, it, it was just like, that's all there was to the story. Yeah. It just, so it got boring. I trailed off. I don't know around when with that series, but yeah, I, I, I it couldn't keep me. <laughs> and that, that show just, Went so bad. That's right. Go and, ahead. And I mean, the people that are that like it, I'm sure, are just going to say, "Well, it's not for you," and that's fair. But if you're yeah. making something with a character that has been beloved for years, like I'm, I'm thinking of, um, oh, the animated series or series movie. I can't remember. I just saw a clip the other day with uh, Superman or Supergirl fighting Dark, Dark Side? Side. Yeah. But, okay, yeah, that was the movie. That was a oh good one. Oh my gosh, that was one of the best fight scenes in that whole thing. And you, you've got a character like that that has a wide reach, and you're trying to trying to put a message forward. You can't make a message an entire season. You you no. can come back to it, but holy crap! Yeah, well, they've stated numerous times in the comic books that Supergirl is stronger than Superman. Mm-hmm. Just like Superman knows how to hold back more. Um, and he's always afraid of going in like over the top with things. Um, but I don't know. Supergirl like lost me quite a few times. Like, I mean, I think I stayed with it even through, uh, her sister's, you know, romance thing going on or whatever. But, um, for a little bit, at least I think, I think the episode that I finally like was like, okay, like we're living way outside of reality at this point was when they're like the, something happens where the EOD ends up selling a bunch of guns to criminals or something like that. Uh, or like they end up getting their hands on him, and then like Martian Manhunter comes into the EOD at the end of the episode. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, all these people got you know guns because of us. We're no longer going to manufacture uh, 
you know, or use lethal weapons here at the EOD. And, and he's like, if you don't like it, you can walk out. And like half the people walk out. And I was like, okay, first of all, easy thing for a fucking Martian that can train, you know, that can change his form and do all this other shit, you know, like, you know, phase through stuff. I was like, to these humans that are like, Hey, listen, we're fighting aliens. Like we want to leave the weapons, please. Yeah. Like, very easy conversation for him to have or for him to say like cool we don't need these things like cool you're a superpower being we're just these average humans like i was like okay like this is pushing like this gun control shit too much i was like i was like i'm done like supergirl is just a big political message now i'm over it don't want to see that in my superhero movies yep or shows or whatever so cool well i think we can wrap up on our on our angry rants for the day oh you don't Um, know me that well (laughs) We did not intend to go that far with any of these things, but here here we are. Here we are. Enjoy the show. Uh, Cool. Well, the next topic we have today is we're talking about our favorite RPGs of all time. Um, And I will let Rick take take it away because I know he just made his list. Oh, I was just making a list of RPGs. You want to talk about my favorite? Let me pick out of this. Uh, well, I would just say favorites. Right? I just open discussion uh, about just our favorite RPGs in general. I mean, I can just talk about what I think are the best, but like the very first RPG I've ever played was Dragon Warriors, which is nothing mm-hmm. like it is now. The, but I, yeah. I played this one probably more than I played any other RPG. Real simple. There's just a freaking dragon, like, and you got to go kill it. Like, that's all it was. Yeah. And I remember seeing it. There, uh, I was living in Wilmington, Illinois. I remember seeing the cartridge, and I rented it, and I played it. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was probably five or six years old, and uh, I probably didn't beat it until years later because I didn't know what I was doing then, and I probably beat it several times ever since. Uh, but if we're talking my favorite RPG, that's a hard one, man. Oh my God. Well, as, if, as long as you're talking about first you know, oh, RPGs, we'll go that first kind of RPGs. Let's go. Let's start with first RPGs. So my the first RPG I played was a Super Mario RPG on Super Nintendo, and interestingly enough, they just re-released that at the time of this recording, like about a week ago. Um, I've been watching some of the videos. It looks amazing. I may have to get it when the price drops a little bit. Um, but that was the first uh, my first introduction to RPGs, um, and it more so just the turn-based RPGs. It's like I had never played anything like that before. But it was Super Mario, and I was obsessed when I was a kid. So, um, you know, I got that one, and I fell in love with it. It's probably one of the few Super Mario games that I've beaten. Um, but the storyline was amazing. You're just chasing down the seven stars. There's some comedy built into it. Uh, you know, it's kind of it's fun. It's silly. It's uh, and it's not an overly complicated game to a point where like you rage quit you know, often like, Hey, maybe you got to play the boss a few times, or maybe you got to go back and kill a couple more Goombas. Then you can take them on. But that was by far my favorite or my, the first RPG I ever played and got me in love with the RPG type games, just level building, creating new skills, abilities, uh, and just growing like that. So that was my first, what's yours, Sam? I don't know. Would you call Ocarina of Time an RPG? Cause going no no more of an open world thing would, right yeah yeah i'd say well that would have been an easy choice yeah. I'd, I'd say that's more of an adventure yeah i, I that's because i was breaking my brain trying to think and my first would probably be morrowind morrowind yeah. okay i i 
I didn't really get into RPGs until later. Um, and that was mainly a buddy of mine that he was into them. And I, you know, I gave him elf for like these games. I was like, Hey, and it's, you're not going in and shooting stuff. It's not first, you're it's not racing anything, you know, that sort of crap. And then he showed me, um, showed me Morrowind and I was like, huh, that's pretty fucking sweet. And I bought that and I yeah. played probably a hundred hours of that in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, that, then then I found out, hey, Oblivion is out already at this point, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's been all, all all you know, Obsidian or Bethesda RPGs ever since. Yeah. I mean, New Vegas is still well, probably one of my favorites. Oh, it is by far the best of the uh, Fallout yeah. games, um, New Vegas. But um, I think. Oblivion, first time I played that was over at Rick's actually when we were in college because I think he had just gotten an Xbox or something. I think he got some kind of military bonus or something, but he had just gotten himself an Xbox and I was over at his house and we started and he was like showing me the game and I was like, I've never played this before because I hadn't played Morrowind. Um, so like Oblivion was kind of my first thing I saw and then after he was playing it and I got my Xbox, I, I bought it too. Um, and that quickly became one of my favorite Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls mm -hmm. games. But yeah, Bethesda has definitely uh, got kind of a cornerstone on that market right there. I have been playing uh, Starfield, and um, the hard part about Starfield because I like the game. We're getting into review time now. When I play it, <laughs> and this isn't really a review. I'm not. You guys got the review today about Boulder's Gate. This is just like my personal. I still gotta like, get my favorite. My favorite role playing game. Oh, we'll get there. Well. Yeah, so well, let me just say, put this out there about Starfield. It'll be short and sweet. Um, I like the game. The problem I have with it is that while I'm playing it, it reminds me of better games, and then I want to go play those. Uh, and I think I've mentioned to you guys our group chat, like that's where I'm like, yeah, you know, you do the space battle. I was like, but it just makes me want to play Elite Dangerous. No. You know, the uh, the ground battle stuff makes me want to go play Mass Effect. Like it's the problem is that the game reminds me of better games that did these things better. So it's that, that's my only thing. I was like, I'll probably keep playing through it until I finish it. If I finish it, whatever, or until I get bored. But, um, again, not a bad game. See, there's just better ones that do these things. See, I, I had already decided a while ago that I wasn't going to get into Starfield. Um, just cause it, it didn't seem like it was going to be much different. And, didn't really have anything hooking me into it. And then I saw saw a yeah. bunch of reviews. I saw a bunch of videos and everything else. I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm getting this. Um, now that you're talking about better games and making you want to play better games that you've played previously, I've never played any of those games, so maybe it wouldn't be too bad for me. <laughs> no. Well, and I, I talk about Elite Dangerous a lot because that's probably my favorite uh, Space Fighter game of all time. Like, and that one kind of is an RPG in a way, but it's more like upgrading your ships than anything. Uh, it's tough to say, but uh, it's just so much fun. You can just travel the entire galaxy. Um, I think I was telling you guys in our group chat, they have over 400 billion star systems in that game. Uh, and somebody did the math. And they were like, you'd have to be 73,000 years old and visit one planet a second to visit every single planet <laughs> or every single system in that game. So it's just awesome. There's endless possibilities in it. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. 
there's nothing guiding you. There's no story. You just go and try to make your bank. So, but that, it's a fun game. If you, if anybody's listening and they are looking for a new game to play or haven't tried this, give it a shot. It's for sure worth your time. Let's move on to favorites though. Rick. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was think I was just thinking about this. I guess because when Sam said Ocarina of Time, I'm trying to because adventure games versus RPGs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, adventures yeah. would be a lot easier. RPGs, I'd have to go with Final Fantasy X. Yeah. I felt like that was an adventure of a game, very much of an experience of a game, like. Final Fantasy VII has such a fantastic story, but Final Fantasy X just, like, the graphics were just better at that time. And I and then they had the Blitzball going, and I actually had fun playing that. And then the story was great. Um, That was, I don't know, I just had a good time playing that game. Um, yeah. And then a couple other ones notable, Fable, the Fable series. Yeah. I forgot about those. Those are awesome. Great series. Uh, Dragon Origins, Dragon Age Origins. Um, That's a good one. I know Adam's played that one. I don't know if you guys ever played Witcher 3, um, but that's always talked about, and that's always one to pick up. If you guys haven't played that, um, one of the, you know, the the greatest RPGs of all time, and you can pick it up now and probably play it for hours. They had it on Steam for a Black Friday sale for like seven bucks, and I was like, "Yeah, should I get it?" I was like, "No, no, I'm not going to get it." But maybe I'll see if it comes out tomorrow for like Cyber Monday. Cyber, then you should check it out. You should get it if you were an RPG fan. Um, mm. I like the I like the show. It's 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 a. I know it's different, but it's kind of a. I I don't even know what you play that I compare it to. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say about well, it. I'll have to check to see if they have it on Cyber Monday. I, yeah, I left out, um, I left out MMORPGs on this, so I feel like it's kind of a different classification of games. Bit, yeah. Still RPGs, but um, so I left that out. We'll we'll save that for another conversation because I know you guys aren't as into the MMO type games, yeah. but um, I play a lot of those. I love them. Uh, but if I had to pick something as a favorite. I'd probably have to go with like seven days to die. Um, and only because I've been playing that game for about eight or nine years, like consistently. And it's probably the only game I've ever done that with. Um, and it is a level builder. You are trying to upgrade your character. So it falls into the RPG just, you know, kind of barely at a point. But, um, but I do, I just, I love the survival crafting games. And seven days to die was like the first one I was introduced to that wasn't, you know, Minecraft really uh, but me and my buddies play that once a week you know we play two, you know two or three hours and you know it's just uh, just tons of fun but that's <clears throat> that's probably like my favorite one um, but up there with it Final Fantasy 7 and 8 uh, two of my favorite Final Fantasy ones um, obviously the Skyrim series the Fallout series like all of those are really good um, but yeah I think those are those are probably up there with that, but I would put Seven Days to Die as my favorite. What about you, Sam? I mean, so a lot of it to me tends to feel like roast in the glasses. Um, I mean, I I love Morrowind. I, of the series, that might have been one of my favorite, but if I went back and played it now, 
it's probably not going to hold up that well. Um, there, there's just it's clunky. I remember that. I I just remember really enjoying myself in that in that game. Yeah. Um, it's kind of similar with New Vegas, though. I did go back and replay that last year. Um, but it shows its age. I really wish. Yeah, I could get a an updated version of New Vegas. Um, but I mean, of the one the the one that I've played the most, I can tell you was Skyrim. I have yeah, so many had to have. so many hours in <laughs> Skyrim between Xbox 360, Xbox One, uh, Steam, uh, Echo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah no i bought i know yeah i'm right there with you i bought that game like three yeah. or four times i can confirm morrowind is clunky i, I think i i got i um i think i went and bought like uh the xbox one and uh this replay here and put it in the xbox and uh it was very very slow and and difficult and uh hard to play mm-hmm. by yeah. today's standards for sure yeah, you know what? Another good um, RPG game is is uh, Saints Row, the Saints Row series. Never played it. No oh longer. my god, dude! So the the first one I ever played was Saints Row Four, which is the most off the wall, um, off the wall one of the Saints Row series, and it was and it's crazy. So I played that was the first one I played, and I was like, oh man, this game is awesome because the whole premise is uh, basically you stop a terrorist attack, become the president of the United States, aliens come down. Um, to destroy the planet and then you end up in the cyber world where you end up getting superpowers and it's exactly as crazy as I'm sounding right now um, but it's so much fun the dialogue is so good and there's just no complaints about it but then I went back and played like Saints Row the Third and it was like kind of like a GTA yeah. type game you know you're going around you're a criminal mastermind whatever doing all the stuff but then like just such a difference between the two but like as Saints Row Four was just so much so much fun. Um, and again, it was an open world, just level up, take on the bad guys, get new powers, and again, just the the script in it is just the best thing in the world. I mean, I uh, think of any of the video game series, that's probably the one that's changed the most throughout its life. Yeah. Because one was literally a GTA ripoff. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and from from what they are now, yeah, they're they're yeah. night and day difference from how they started. They're yeah. off the wall. It's it's insane, and I love it. I love every second of it. Like when I try to think about like bad RPGs, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Um, one RPG I wanted to point out that I think definitely needs a remake is a game called Parasite Eve. That was probably one of the first. It probably came around around uh, out around Final Fantasy VII, and mm-hmm. it was just a wonderful experience of a game. Yeah, uh, I it, very strong female lead that you felt like was gonna die at any moment, and you felt for her, and was a great. I just remember it being a great story, and I was a teenage kid complete like video games are such art that does not get enough credit Mm -hmm. like when you put like one of those games where you're playing it when you like when you feel like you're having an experience when the video games gives you this emotion like the cyberpunk 2077 uh just like and i i messaged you guys uh like how me and sam were talking about the show like gives you feels 
the game, just the beginning of the game, you create this uh, friendship with this guy. Like you're going out, you're doing uh, jobs and stuff with this guy. And I'm not going to spoil it. Johnny Silverhands. You create this feeling. Huh? Johnny Silverhands. You create the you create this feeling for this guy and then something happens and the view you have the whole time you see it and you see the look in his eye the feels are there it's an experience yeah. it's an art form that you do not get in any other form i'm thinking like if i had this in vr i couldn't handle it i would be in tears right now yeah yeah well and that's that's what's, that's the fun part about video games one of the reasons we're going to talk about because it it's going to segment um, a lot of our listeners who don't play video games and be, probably not be interested in uh, the episodes where we're talking about this. Um, but at the same time, it's something that we appreciate and we like to talk about. Um, you know, if you're a game enthusiast, uh, check out some of the ones that we're talking about because uh, I remember Parasite Eve as well. That was a great game. Uh, and I remember reading a story about how some kid passed his like science test because of mm. that game because they have all this exposition about like mitochondria and everything. And like, they go into like, and it's real science that they put into the they game. This kid's like, they made the me learn, of the cell. <laughs> I mean, God, we'd be an <laughs> intelligent society if video games made us learn like that game did. But I mean, I remember, um, I remember my learning video games as a young boy. Sesame Street. Well, there was that I, one. I, I, I had where the world is Carmen San Diego, and it came with a freaking encyclopedia. And I never looked at the encyclopedia. I never won the game. That and yeah. t- tell me if y'all remember Putt Putt. <laughs> no, no. It was this little like purple no. blue uh, car. It kind of looked like the taxi from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And. Yeah, <laughs> I had that game too. Never beat it. <laughs> and you'd go around. You cool. you'd do like around and tune. Oh. You do like math problems, learn English, uh, you know how to write and all this other stuff. Yeah, I played a lot of putt putt as a kid. <laughs> I remember Math Blaster. That, that one was a good one. Oh, that yeah. was a good learning game. And Oregon Trail. Hello. Yeah, Oregon Trail. Yeah. How else are you going to survive in the wilderness getting from uh, wherever yeah, over to uh, Oregon? <laughs> How else are you going to learn dysentery. how to not dive in dysentery? Yeah. In gonorrhea. And you got to be able to assess, can you ford that river or not? Most of the time, not. I love, uh, <laughs> I loved in that game though, when you just go out hunting and you just kill like way more than you were able to carry back. And you're just like, well, I got more ammo no. here. So might as well keep shooting Buffalo. And you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty true yeah. too. Okay. So that's how that happened. Better um, not cut that out. <laughs> I think I'm going to probably cut that out. We'll see. I mean, there is a reason why market we'll honey see. has been or what, what was made illegal yeah, in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. So, but cool. Let's uh, move on. We're getting to the 53-minute mark. Probably a little bit different if you're uh, listening at home. Probably about the 30-minute mark based on how much we're going to be cutting out of this episode. <laughs> um, Don't mind me and my heater. But, uh, or freeze to death, whatever. I'd rather not. But I wouldn't have to go to work tomorrow. So All cool. right. Yeah. Well, let's go into uh, our review of the week, which is Baldur's Gate, a uh, game I have not played, but Rick and Sam are uh, big fans of, and I guess they're, they're playing together, having a relationship or something. No, we know. have not started playing together yet. No. Oh, no? What's, what's the holdup? <laughs> Waiting for you to get in on this, man. 
I've got Diablo 4. I've asked several times when our game night is, and you guys ghost me, so... Do you have, do you have Diablo 4 yet? I've had it. Yeah. I'm like a level oh. 11 druid or something like that. I don't even know. Oh, shit, what do you guys... What what you doing after this? Probably going to bed. I got work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why we're never I, playing games together. I have together. to be up in six and a half hours. I got Friday and Saturday oh, night. Man. I don't do anything with my life. Yeah. Friday and Saturday night, the two nights I do everything. Well, in any case, why don't you guys go ahead? You guys can tell us a little bit about Boulder's Gate. Well, I'll let Sam take the lead. He's a D&D fan. No. Um... So I guess let's start by telling everybody what Boulder's Gate is if they're not familiar with it. So I don't know. I'd put that in. I'd put that in RPG as well. And if you do, that'd probably be number one or two for me of all time. Um, I mean, Boulder's Gate's a it's a big city in the Forgotten Realms, um, in Dungeons and Dragons, um. Basically, I mean, without spoiling too much, you get a parasite in your head and the entire game is trying to remove the parasite from your head. Um, It's the first real foray I've gone into turn-based video games. They've never really appealed to me until now. And this game is just fantastic from off-the-wall humor to just being able to destroy everything. Um, I've, had a, I've had a lot of fun in this game. And it was done so is damn it, well. Is it? Is So it's it's yeah. turn-based? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I remember Baldur's Gate 2 being a lot more like Diablo. But maybe I'm just... Because I played Baldur's Gate 2 a long time ago, but maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. Uh, here's my thing about this game. Number one, well, first of all, I went and played through. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Pro- probably skipped over half the followers or the <laughs> companions. Um, probably didn't do half as much as I was supposed to do, so I was probably a lower level later on. Went back, did it again, found out I was stuck at the same spot, but finally figured out and just killed everybody uh, that I couldn't get past. And I was just like, screw everybody. I'm just so mad that I couldn't get past this. And once I was able to kill everybody, I just killed everybody in the area. Um, but you have, like, you have to make hard decisions in this game and your decisions affect everything. Like everything you do affects the story. It's crazy. And you feel it. And there is no easy decisions. Like you can't make it like, there's like a path to where like you either become a flare, which is like a full blown octopus type of creature, or you... Uh, lose two companions and you like those companions like uh what's her name the demon or the teflon chick uh carlac she's freaking awesome yes you do not want to lose her she's like my favorite i don't want to lose her or it's turned into this octopus guy basically yeah like it's she's my first romance in the game (laughs) so (laughs) like yeah like there's no easy thing I lost uh, Sh- Shadowheart, who, like, I want, but for some reason, like, we have a romance, but I can't get her to get naked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, like, she left. I don't even know why she left. Because the first time, I made the same exact decisions, and she didn't leave. The second time, I, I made the same exact decisions, but she just said, screw you. I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. I'm like, 
why? <laughs> I have a feeling it had something to do with our romance. <laughs> I think that's what it had something to do with. So like, and and she's like, pretty, she just she you, just wanted to be friends, you but didn't she, be in a romantic a, relationship and flirt with all the other people. <laughs> that true. I mean, you can, but she's important. <laughs> she's important in battle, though. She's an important like character in battle. Like I always have her as more of a healer buffer type of character. Yeah. Um. So like it screwed up everything. So now I'm taking on that. Oh gosh. So it's a. Uh, it, it, but he's farther along, and I don't want to start a whole new one, even though it doesn't take that long, and it's kind of fun. And like, you can become a total jerk and like just sacrifice your your one of your companions that you love to like some god or something like that. Like, you can like make those decisions. Like, but it's hard. But these some of these decisions are really hard. It's not even a joke. It's it's so funny though with video games how like we've evolved to that point where you can have relationships with the NPCs in your game. NPC for anyone listening not familiar non-player characters. Um but yeah, how you can have like actual relationships with them and it's creepy and weird if you try to describe that to someone who doesn't <laughs> play video games. Like because to to Rick's point, um there's there's times in these games where it's like, well cool, I need this achievement. I've got to get this person to go to bed with me. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, so cheap. And that's that's yeah. There's a, yeah, that's why there's achievement. So that was an achievement in Fable, wait, and you could get STDs wait. in Fable. Like that was a legit can, thing. Can I can I give one spoiler about this game? Yeah, and it happens yeah. later on in Act Three. I'm sorry, Rick. I'm going to spoil it right now. You you end up talking like you. One of your main points of contact in the game is a mind flare. Yeah. You can sleep with the mind flare. Oh, I already did and it. And there's an achievement for it. And the achievement is called mind fucked. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> oh, I did my it. favorite fuck. <laughs> it's hilarious. No, I was like, I'm doing this. What I didn't know is all your companions would somehow watch it. <laughs> Gail and Asterion and uh, Will. <laughs> I turned around through, looking at oh. and then for some reason, they were all butt ass naked with their dicks hanging out. I was like, what the hell? Just happened? <laughs> <laughs> but no one said anything about it. No one oh, no, it. They, they mentioned it to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no one's mentioned it yet. Maybe I've just been avoiding it. Oh, my gosh. That was. Because I already Maybe felt right. dirty doing it. And then <laughs> that happened. I, I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm just like, I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, well, like, I, I want to release the prince. So, so I want to, I want to get them thinking I'm on their side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so like, you guys talking about that brings me back to Fallout New Vegas, the part where you're like rounding <laughs> up the, uh, the, prostitutes basically <laughs> and then they're like oh we need you to go get this one turns out it's Fisto the robot <laughs> his name is Fisto <laughs> you finish it it's like your legs feel <laughs> weak <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah you put the circuits in the robot and then it's like gives you options it's like test the robot <laughs> and then it just fades well, to might as well <laughs> 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 and every time like i know exactly what happened I'm like every time I'm like well why not like first time i did it i was like i guess we're gonna test this robot right here <laughs> and you don't no. have to it's an option <laughs> but i decided to test a robot called so. oh. i mean so like oh, <laughs> my favorite thing about this is 
anybody who's ever played an RPG or anything like that with me knows I 90% of the time play a female character. The first time I ever ran into Fisto, I was playing a male character and I decided to test it. It was just awkward. <laughs> That's how I've always <laughs> tested it. I was like, I feel really dirty now. <laughs> That's I've always played male characters in that game, and I got tested by Fit, or I tested Fisto. I got probably a little tested yeah, by Fisto yeah. too, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that is that is the ridiculousness yes. of these games. That's but, why, um, yeah. But Boulder no, Gate Three, highly recommended. Um, I think the big thing is like between this and and the other games that I bought over the week weekend, Hogwarts Legacy and Cyberpunk. Well, Cyberpunk did not do this, but Hogwarts Legacy and this, like, these are fully released games. No, they released full yeah. games and aren't saying, "Hey, pay me money and we'll give you more games or better games," or they didn't release like half. I mean, like Baldur's Gate released and they had no plans of creating any DLC right. for it. They right. just said, here, exactly. here's the game. Any issues? Because we'll show up and we'll and fix them. Yeah. DLC for anyone listening, again, not familiar with video games, downloadable content. Basically, they, the companies charge you money to get uh, add-ons to the game. So they create a game so. and then they say, all right, this Part here it can be the base game, and then we've got five years of downloadable content. We can, you know, charge them extra for. It. But well, and if you're not if you're not an avid game player now, and you used to, it, it's basically the equivalent of how you used to find secret characters like through achievements in a game. Uh, but they don't do that anymore. No. Now you pay for it. It's outrageous. But now they like don't release a full game. Like they, yep. um, but like. Hogwarts Legacy, I'll say right now, like they didn't know it was going to be as big as it was. It was the same with Baldur's Gate, and but they didn't, they didn't release like they didn't release it on Switch right away. They didn't release it until they knew it was a done game, and they didn't expect it to be so big. That's why they didn't have any like extra stuff for it to release. So now they're gonna they're working on the second one already. So. <clears throat> But Hogwarts Legacy 2, that's another one. Highly recommended. Like, I'm not even like a... I'm sorry, I'm going off. I don't know if you care, but... Um, like, I'm not even like a Harry Potter fan. My my wife's the Harry Potter fan, but I, I'm forced to watch it. But, like, now I'm kind of liking Harry Potter because I'm, like, feel like I'm, like, a Hogwarts... Like, I'm at the school, and I, get, I, wear, the, I wear the hat, and I'm, like, uh, I'm, I'm part of uh, Gryffindor and... Like I'm learning all the magic stuff and stuff. Like it's it's kind of cool. <laughs> like you're, you're uh, now I kind of want to watch the now I kind of want to watch the movies and and start watching Harry Potter and stuff. Like I kind of want to get into it now. I heard it's a lot of fun. I heard the game is great. Um, but to the to the point of like uh, you know non finished games. So I have a uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for alpha games, like games released in alpha, um, only because I can buy the game for ten bucks. I know it's not done yet. I know there's more coming, but they don't charge me for anything as they keep going, um, which I don't know if that's the same thing you're talking about. But like uh, there's a lot of games that I buy in alpha for like, you know, they're indie, maybe indie games. You know, it's a group of like maybe five programmers like putting these games together. They release a product so that they can start kind of funding the rest of the project. Um, 
and then they release the updates as they go. Like, for instance, I was talking about Seven Days to Die earlier. They're in Alpha 20 right now. They've been in Alpha since they released, you know, I think 10 years ago. And uh, they're still in Alpha, but they're releasing, like, every Alpha update, uh, every, like, you know, 1.0 upgrade has been awesome. And they keep adding a lot of new stuff in the game from the beginning to now is great. If the game is still what it was when it first released, I probably wouldn't play anymore. But they keep adding and doing additional things. So I do like the alpha games for that reason is because they do tend to add like big enhancements trying to complete the game that they'll never really complete. Um, And I know I just did air quotes and something that we're only going to have audio on. But um, but I do like the alpha. You got to use inflection. Use inflection. Games that they have not completed yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's better. Yeah, so I I like the alpha games. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 did something very similar. I'm trying to figure out how long it was in early access. Um, Like three years. Yeah, it was in early access for three years. People were playing it three years ago, and it was just released this year. I mean, they, they, I don't, if it's feasible, I think companies should be doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, well, and you're just like, hey, we're just going to create more and yeah, more I, content. Yeah, I figure you're looking at it as it may lengthen development time, but if we're able to actually put out a game that is going to, as Baldur's Gate did this year, make other developers go, wait, you can't do that. This isn't, no, that we're, we're not able to put out full games. Um, we're Call of Duty. We're Activision. We, we, we don't have the resources to put out full games. And they're like, hey, we're Larian Studios. We're 200 people. We can do it. You can do it. Right. Activision. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Activision. EA, EA, uh, EA, games EA in Sports. Um, yeah. Fucking EA. They're the worst. Budgie. Um, but yeah. laying off two hundred. Yeah, there's people. a lot of people get mad about that. Apparently, yeah, a lot of developers yeah. got pissed off at Larry <laughs> for that release. And, uh, and, uh, and for me, for and for me, that's proof another reason enough that it should be game of the year. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, Boulder's Gate. Anything else to say about it? Uh, I see so many. There's so much replayability with this game. Yeah, like I mean they. My next playthrough is going to be Dark Urge, um, just because I want to. I want to play an evil character that just wants to, you know, throw yeah. <laughs> the nice, nice, you know, town's person into the fire and watch them burn and laugh. Like I, I want to. I want to yeah, play that character to see what they have in the game at the ending for that. Because hmm. so far, I've been playing. Uh, a uh, drow rogue that you know steals whatever the hell she wants. But other than that, is good. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I want to see what what a, a salty earth campaign looks like here. So I mean, there there's there's so many options, so many different ways you can play it. So many dialogue options for what your class is, what your race is. Everything. And as Rick Rick said earlier, every choice you make has impact. Every choice you make has weight. It's it's a really great game. I recommend everybody who has any interest at whatsoever in an RPG playstyle buys it. 
even if you don't think you're going to like turn-based, I didn't. And it is one of the my favorite games I've played in the last 10 years. Well, there you have it. Yeah, my, my advice is if you do play it, like, don't leave and act till you've searched everything and done everything. Yeah. Like, level up your character. Uh, and also, like, I think making sure that you do your research too, like to know what everything means, like what all, all the attributes are and everything. If you haven't played RPGs before, or haven't played yeah. Dungeons and Dragons before, kind of know what the attributes are and what you're going to, because it can be kind of overwhelming and uh, a little confusing. So kind of look that up. They have like builds and stuff you can look up in Google to kind of help out with that. People make it real easy for you. So like, google google that stuff like i yeah i, I do that stuff at first till i kind of got the hang of it now i kind of know the direction i want my guys to go the, the build crafting is damn near infinite and mm. if you have any sort of an idea of how you want to play the character look it up somebody's got a build you don't have to use exactly that build i have just based off or based my character off of you know a random build that i've seen and this was it was a random build that I saw that I kind of wanted my wife to play in her in our D and D game. It's her rogue, and I was like, I want to see how well this works. And turns out, it works really damn well. <clears throat> nice, <clears throat> awesome. Sounds like uh, Boulder's Gate is a winner. Go check it out if you have some free uh, some free time and some uh, some extra cash laying around. Um. Well, that will do it for us today at Spit Take. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, subscribe on Spotify or iHeartRadio, and uh, make sure to share it with your friends. 